0: Hey everyone, so Mickey and I were just talking about the fact that we normally open this show with something exciting, um, something a little bit quippy, or at the very least, somewhat creative, um, and we were both just chatting about the fact that in light of just everything happening as schools reopen and then shut down again, uh, it's, it's kind of a Debbie Downer week, wouldn't you say, Mickey?
1: yeah, I mean, there's some bright spots out there, but you know when you look at uh, schools opening and sending students back home a week and a half or two weeks later and and in reading articles about what schools really did or did not do to prepare, um, you know i'm I'm certainly not in a place to Monday morning quarterback uh, and assess that, but it's it's it hasn't been a week of lots of really super positive news uh, coming out in our space,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, um, folks, hopefully the, our conversation today on this week's episode will be, uh, will be a bright spot um, and serve as, as a good way to finish off a, a tough week and, and, and a tough season. But, um, you know, well, wealth- I think,
1: you know what, I'll yeah. let us, can we pause right there and say, you Please. know what, it's, it's not just a tough week, it's a tough season. It is. And it I is. think it is. part of it is we're just feeling the exhaustion— That has occurred over the past 12 weeks. I see that with some of my clients on our calls. It's been low energy all week starting with Monday. Um, I'm having, I don't know, on average nine calls a day this week for the entire week. Um, So it's, I don't know, maybe that also weighs in, but I just see it in folks that it's, we're a little more tired than we typically are because we had to work harder and we had to do many more, many more things differently than we're used to. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And then, you know, just re- reading, you know, all this work we put in to prepare for the fall and we're sending folks home a week and a half into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's deflating. Yeah. It's deflating. And I just think, you know, to me, I think it's important to at least acknowledge it. So how about we take it from there? We're starting to turn this around already. I feel it. Good. If good. not, we'll always talk about traveling. We can always shift. All- and- <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Um, but uh, but welcome everyone to another episode of Fanatical Fridays. Our goal every week is to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. And, you know, again, in light of everything that's happening, not just this week, but as Mickey uh, pointed out, throughout the season, uh, we want to do something a little bit different today and just talk about how do you essentially make decisions um, in a moment of chaos. And I actually had a a great conversation with – the CMO of Purdue University yesterday, Ethan Braden, who if you don't follow him on social media, I highly recommend that you do. We had a great interview just on Purdue's recent uh, brand evolution, and they sort of went live with their their new brand two weeks, excuse me, two months before COVID hit. Um, And he just talked so eloquently about a lot of the challenges that they experienced you know, but also a lot of the uh, the ways in which they were able to build really, really strong community in a moment of crisis. And a couple of the things that like really uh, stood out in my conversation with him was he talked a lot about the importance of zooming out. And he said like if you look throughout history, you look to some of the greatest leaders in you know a, a wide variety of fields. One of the things that people are, the, the, the thing that really separates sort of like leaders from just followers and from, um, you know, change makers from just your average Joe is really the ability to, in a moment of crisis, in a moment of chaos, to stop, to pause, and to zoom out and understand, okay, what is really at play here? What's really, really going on? And then understand, okay, what are the things that are within your control? And then what are the things that aren't within your control? then once you've identified the things that are within your control, how do you make decisions to further those things um, that are within your control? So a good example of this would be like, okay, maybe you have zero control, over whether or not your school is going to shut down two weeks after, after it opens up. But maybe you do have a little bit of control over what sort of platform or what sort of digital recruitment strategy you're going to implement for the class of 2021. How do you identify, right, the things within your control uh, in any given week and how do you actually make decisions that help move the needle on those things. And so I thought like, and he said it again, way more eloquently, you could, you should go listen to my interview with him, which um, published yesterday on the podcast. But what was really interesting to me about all of this was I thought it was just, it came at a really good time. Um, and, you know, Mickey, I'd love your thoughts on this, but I, th- I really do think it is a helpful exercise. And I'm sure people are doing this, but a good reminder of like starting, not even just every week, but maybe even every day and identifying, okay, okay, what are the things within my control today? What are the things that are not <laughs> in my control today? And how do I make progress on the things that are within my control? So I don't know what you think about that, Mickey. Uh,
1: I think it's a hard uh, task for sometimes for folks to do. I see folks that are stuck uh, sometimes. You know, a lot, you know, we do work. I do work coaching um, leaders, coaching uh, entry level staff. Sometimes you know, on admissions teams. Uh, and, you know, you know, folks that sometimes don't have a very positive outlook on their job or yeah. their work or their program and for whatever reason feel deflated. And, you know, realistically, when you look at the outcomes of, of what they see the outcomes are that put them in that, that mindset, you know, sometimes it's easy for folks to shift back and, and change the mindset. Sometimes it's not easy. I think you know, as a leader in higher education, at least part of your job is to know the folks that you work most closely with, and know that you see where their head is, and identify that, and help them get that right mindset. So, if we do want to react together as a team with the things that we can control, or I need those individuals to act in ways uh, about the things with which they can control, um, that. Part of my job is to pull their head out or find a help them resource so they can get their head out, out of that space and get into a better space. And it, it, it's, it's again, it's just harder for some folks to do, um, you know, and a lot of times a lot of my conversations gets down to I, I see that, you you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, the issues here and the issues there. But those are all with other departments that aren't a part of your department. Yeah. What is it that we need to be doing today for you, you to achieve what your department needs? And if there truly is something that someone else is holding you back, truly holding your work back, then let's address it. We don't want to overlook and say those aren't issues, but we can't let those issues that impact other things other than our work hold our results back. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if I'm a leader of that person, I have to remind that person that, you know, that's great. And I understand that that's an issue. Thank you for bringing it up. But my job is to evaluate you on your performance and your results. And if those things you're, uh, that are holding you back aren't impacting your performance directly and your performance isn't where it needs to be, you still get docked for that. Yeah. And that still comes up in your performance evaluation. And so my job as a leader, as your leader, is to help you work out of that and work towards these results that we need to achieve our goals
0: i love that i love that and you know it's bringing a couple things to mind one is sort of this this idea it's you know it's it's in many management books but this idea of identifying sort of like the three big rocks for the day for the week whatever it might be and i love this as like a a framework to think about priorities and i think Once you've identified the things, whether you're a leader and you've you've helped your team identify the things that are with within their control that they do need to make decisions on that they do need to move forward within a week or uh, even you know in the day to day, then it comes to okay of those things, what are like the three big rocks, the three most important things that you're you are going to move forward, you are going to get done, and I think you know some of this is so basic, but I think in a world and in a moment where there is just so much frenzied chaos. I do think people need, they need to understand that they still do have control over some things. And I think, like, right now, like, what I see on social media in, um, you know, in the higher ed space, what I see as I'm talking to folks is sort of like this, everyone's very understanding right now, which is a good thing, right? Like, oh, yes, we totally understand, like, you know, COVID and, oh, yeah, it's just a mess, blah, blah. And, I again, there's a lot of valid reasons to be upset, to be concerned, to be frustrated, but right, I still think that there is work to be done, and there's a lot of that work to be done, and what people really do need is they need help identifying, again, what is within their control and how do they ha- actually move the needle in their day-to-day and you know, block out some of the noise. Again, I'm not saying ignore the realities, but I do think as teams, as enrollment management teams... What we all need to be doing right now is really focusing on the things that we do have the ability to to change, that we do have the ability to move forward, even as sort of the world sort of seemingly uh, not crumbles, but is 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 ever chaotic. So I guess to you know wrap up this this sort of uh, section of today's conversation, my hope is that our listeners today can walk away and as they think about next week, as they go into the weekend and they think about next Monday is how do you help your team move sort of those three big rocks each day, um, forward and how do you help kind of give them a vision for, Hey, we are going to make progress on these things. Like we, we can move forward on these things. Um, even though so much is outside of our control.
1: Awesome. Are you going to kick it off then?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so, okay, great. Yeah, so here's an idea for for folks. Um, So I think um, one of the best things that enrollment management teams can do as they think about strategies for recruitment for uh, you know either the spring or over in most cases next fall, is think about personalization. So you know personalization is something that isn't new. We've been talking about it in, in higher ed for for years. You've probably sat through a number of presentations at conferences on the importance of personalization and personalized communications, yada, yada. But I really think now is the moment to be even more different in how you personalize your communications to prospects, because the the reality of the situation, and we've talked about this before, is that most people are going to be evaluating schools this fall, and you know into into the spring in a, through a virtual lens. Like there's not going to be that in-person experience for most folks. And I think that the way in which to, uh, to stand out in email communications is not just using a personalized first name token or using a personalized, Hey, we know that you're a, you know, insert grade level here, sophomore, um, and starting to think about your, your college journey, yada, yada. But I think what would be really interesting for folks to pay attention to in, in the spirit of like focusing on things that are within your control is, as you get into next week how can you look at all of your communications that you did last year right your your all of your drip sequences your search campaigns whatever whatever you you did last year and how do you sort of like comb through that and think how do we make this even more personalized how can we make this even like 25% more personal down to the uh, the individual prospects we're trying to reach. How do we segment? You know, 30% more this year than we did last year. And I think that those sorts of things, right, are actually within your control. Like you are able to do that. Um, and I think that that, if it's done, hopefully some of that has been done already. But if it hasn't been done, I think that that it is a really great way to spend you know next week and and maybe even the following. Because at the end of the day. Everyone's going to be competing for, uh, you know, uh, uh, time and space and real estate in the inbox or time and space and real estate via, you know, my phone if you're texting me um, with your ad campaigns, etc. And so what schools really need to be thinking about is like, okay, in a sea of sameness, how do I be different? Um, and I think difference really does start with being especially personal so mickey i don't know if you have like any thoughts on this or or any good examples to kind of point to here but when i think about how do folks move the needle this week how do i how do folks do things that are productive and within their control the first thing that really surfaces is this idea of revisit your communications and make them you know 25 to 35 percent more
1: personal so I'm going to I'm going to add a little extra context, please, to please. Um, so I agree we need to make it more personal. Sometimes the challenge in doing that is not having the right information in our within our technology to help us make it more personal. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what is it we want to make more personal? And do we have that information? If we don't, then how do we begin collecting it so that we can then make it more personal? I think that's important. The second I think is something somewhat related to what you're saying. I won't say perfectly related, but you know, if I'm thinking communications and I want to make it personalized, there's a new segment that I now need to have a communication plan for. And that's my deferred students.
0: Ah, yes. It's not that we didn't
1: have to have them before, but we've got a lot, much larger group of folks in this deferral group, in their deferral segment. um, and the reason they deferred is much different than in the past. So how do we communicate and keep those folks informed and engaged so that they don't begin looking elsewhere over the next several months if they're deferring for a term or nine to 10 months if they're looking to defer for a year? Yeah. Um, And if if my enrollment's really hurting and I need them to enroll in the spring and the reason they enrolled is because they didn't want to be online – Um, Or they were just unsure of the pandemic, and though either of those scenarios is going to persist in January, how do I alleviate that fear for them so that I can hopefully have them enroll with us in the spring to get started? You know, I think those are things that need to be um, in consideration. Those are also offer you some opportunities to personalize because that should give you more information. These are students who are accepted, maybe even deposited.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And decided to defer or deferred right before the deposit deadline right so we should have more information about them hopefully we were capturing the purpose of the deferral if it was pandemic related or not um, so but I think that's important now I'll, I'll, I'll pause there um, with those two comments about having the right data to personalize and then this particular segment.
0: I think that's spot on. And I think that, yeah, that you're, what you're hitting on here is sort of like the two crucial, um, components of personalization, which is that you need, right. You've got to have the technology. There are technical components that need to be in place systems processes. You know, your CRM has to be able to help you easily segment and easily personalize communications. Um, and then right the other hand, which is on the other side of things, which is the content. Like how do you be creative and how do you be different with the kind of communications that you're sending and the way that you're talking to different segments of students. And so one just uh, idea for folks to think about is um, there are a lot of tools, um, like if th- this is sort of like a pro tip, and again, I know that this isn't going to work well for everyone in every context, right, um, and I want to respect that, and I do respect that, but one of the things that I think could be super helpful for enrollment management teams that are looking to differentiate, that are looking to be a little bit more personal in their communications, is to spend even if it's like 30 minutes a week on Product Hunt. Um, So Product Hunt, if you're not familiar with it, right, is sort of this, it's, it's a website that curates sort of like the latest products and services, mostly sort of like in the tech space, um, that are available and basically like highlights, you know, either new features of a product or a service like a software or, Hey, you know, there's this new thing that everyone's doing instead of zoom and it's 10 times better. And here's why you should adopt this new, you know, video conferencing tool or whatever. Um, any w- when like product is just full of, of lots and lots of like latest and greatest like tools and gadgets, some of which are just like really shiny and and not super helpful, but others of which, are super helpful, and I think could be could be used relatively easy in uh, in enrollment management and one of those tools that we recently stumbled upon at at enrollify is called tape. Mickey, have we talked about tape before or have I told you about tape? no okay not tape so, so tape their website is trytape.com. um and what tape is is tape is video sms texting so it enables you to record, uh, custom videos. And then assuming you've got a contact's telephone number, um, cell phone number, you can send them an email, excuse me, gosh, send them a text and they get a text and there's like a, a little gif that plays immediately when I see the text and then you can click on that link. You can click on on the GIF itself, and it'll pull up a uh, story-like experience, so like an Instagram story-like experience or a um, Snapchat-like story experience. Um, and then what the, the coolest part is, there's a, a CTA that's like embedded um, in the in the communication, which enables you to like quickly schedule a call with an admissions counselor or uh, you know start your application. You can put whatever CTA in there you, that you want. But it is a really, really uh, personalized uh, channel, and and th- it's just very different. And so I my how I first experienced this, so I found them on Product Hunt, I went and then I submitted a form on their website to like try this out. I got a text from one of their their salespeople, and they said, "Hey, you know, thanks so much for checking out Tape. Like, hope you you know found our stuff interesting. Um, would love to schedule 10 to 15 minutes to show you sort of behind the scenes of how the product works. If you click this button below, and then they point to the CTA that's below them, you can it'll pop up my calendar, and you can schedule time with me. So I went and I I clicked the CTA." Uh, they had like a Calendly link integration. I cl- I went and found this guy's schedule, and literally within like seconds, I had booked time with him to better understand the product. So, all that is to say, it's a very very long way of saying that this sort of uh, this sort of tech is super super different, and I think is a great example of something that enrollment management teams could do to increase uh, the personalization within their communications flows, and quite honestly, just stand out again emits a sea of, of, of sameness. So again, I don't know, I don't know if you've used any tools, Mickey, or your clients have used tools for like video SMS before, but this was the first thing that I had seen quite like this. And again, I'm sure there are dozens of other sort of similar things and similar products out there, but, um, I guess, what I'm trying to communicate at the end of the day is I feel like now is the time. Like this is something that is within your control. If you go, you spend a little bit of time on on Product Hunt, see something new. This is not an expensive tool. In fact, there's like a free version. Um, And think about like bringing this to your director, bringing this to your VP and say, hey, like we're trying to be different this fall. Like our budgets are, you know, slashed. We get this. But could we try experimenting with this new tool? And if we include this in our post inquiry or post app communications, um, we think it'll, you know, Uh, move the needle on at the very least delivering a more personalized, unique experience to prospective students. So I'll pause there, but, uh, and I could talk about these sorts of tools and gadgets all day, but would love your sort of kind of quick ideas or or quick thoughts on whether or not that's a, that's a good approach, Mickey.
1: Well, I, I, I like it. It's, it's definitely different. I've, I've seen a tool that can do something similar to that before. I don't remember the tool. Um, but, um, I know I walked away thinking I like the idea and concept of being able to uh, to use video in, in your text like that if you can. Um, I know if I was probably in someone's shoes who likes it, wants to do it, and needs to find a way to get my um, director, dean, VP, or whomever to say yes, I'd probably go ahead and create my trial account and yeah. create one and send it to them, create my own uh, and send it to them um, that way. Uh, almost as a way to kind of let them see what it looks like before I even tell them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, the, the bigger takeaway here is, and again, you know, I understand that this isn't something that everyone's going to be able to do. There's lots of friction that exists here. And again, I want to respect that, but I think now like is the moment to really think about, okay, how do I be different? How can we be different? And if you're just looking for good ideas, right. Or, or ideas that are, um, that are are different in and of themselves i would spend again a little bit of time each week maybe even like five minutes a day scrolling on product hunt and seeing sort of like the new tools and new gadgets and the new features that are out there and seeing okay is there a way to make this work within my context
1: i like it and you know i'll i'll talk to your point about timing um You know, I've I've been talking to my enrollment clients um, this week about um, the use of the next several weeks now that fall started. Um, We don't want to lose sight of fall. We got to keep working on fall a little bit to be sure that everything is where it needs to be. But we don't want to lose sight of spring. You know, not that every school enrolls a lot of students in spring, but there will be more pressure and emphasis on spring now than you're normal, than you're normally used to having. So, you know, it's, it's it's time to start thinking about that. And we've got a small window. And that small window includes planning for spring, and planning for next fall. Yeah, you know, it, we the travel season is going to be different um, or non-existent, uh, maybe. But but um, you know, if we're going to change up this messaging and become more personalized, you know, now we can't just wait and slowly roll into this. Um, it it needs to happen, you know, very quickly. So um, looking at, and I would say looking at different things, in, including what are your application deadlines.
0: Yeah. yeah. When do
1: you typically open application for spring? Is it already open? If it's not, why not? Um, You know, we got to work a little differently for this spring that we need to have. And and what did we learn from this fall that we may need to be applying for next fall Uh, in terms of process, in terms of timing? Now's the time to put that into play so that you're getting it launched in time. You don't want to be behind the eight ball on this one. Uh, You know, with, with fall 2021, we don't want to be behind. We've already experienced that and had to do a lot of last minute uh, adjustments. I suspect we'll probably need to do some last minute adjustments coming this year, but let's do what we can to minimize those. And now's the time to really jump on that.
0: I love that. And I think that that's a great way to to close out this week's episode. Hopefully folks, we took you from a place of feeling a little bit rattled, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, uneasy, uh, whether you were, whether about the week, whether about the season in general, Uh, again, our goal every week is to not just, you know, help you identify sort of tools, strategies, and tactics um, that can separate your team from, from other teams, but also just to provide a little bit of hope and a little bit of inspiration. And every once in a while, a, a half baked idea that might be, that you might be able to use in your context. So hopefully we were able to do that for you all today, Mickey, thanks again for your time good sir and looking forward to talking to you all next
1: week thank you zach thank you all for listening